In order to tell a story visually well, you need to have more than just a camera and someone to point and shoot and hope for the best. You need someone that understands what's trying to be conveyed, someone that can evoke a response and can make it look good too. That's exactly who this person is. In the third episode, I talked to videographer and, I'll say it, master visual storyteller of Lightbulb Media, Caleb Weaver. Caleb's brand is recognizable and memorable as he uh, uses creative shots and cool colors. And I mean cool colors like blues and like uh, and darker hues to uh, capture the stories he tells. Uh, they're fun to watch and incredibly immersive. And I got a lot of this interview. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Um, today for this episode, um, I have uh, I'm actually really excited to have uh, have this guy here. His name's um, Caleb Weaver. Um, Caleb, what do you what do you do here uh, in the in the Grand Valley? So I run a video production company called Lightbulb Media. Um, we do a broad range of projects. Um, from we do a lot of commissioned work um, from various industries, um, outdoor rec, uh, oil and gas, uh, municipal, um, kind of entities. And then, um, we're actually trying to grow into the sponsored content area, um, which is fun for us. Cause that allows us to find stories, uh, that are already inspiring to us and then try to find companies that, that that's a good fit for. Okay. So what kind of, uh, companies have you worked for so far? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same, like pretty broad spectrum, um, uh, Powderhorn Resort, uh, MRP, um, we work for, um, we've worked for a couple ad agencies, um, on the front range, um, let's see, um, Western, West Slope Colorado Oil and Gas Association, uh, we've done some stuff for, um, uh, let's see, we have, uh, Grand Junction Economic Partnership, City of Grand Junction. Um, uh, trying to think, yeah. So those are yeah. lots of lots of stuff. I, yeah. And uh, I was just at the the Avalon not too long ago, and um, I watched Napoleon Dynamite out there, and there was a there's some video work before that was said it was presented by Lightbulb Media. I was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, that was a really fun one. Um, the Avalon theater is, uh, we live pretty close to downtown and, uh, and so the Avalon theater is kind of a really fun place for us. Um, and I, I really appreciate that place. So it's really fun to get to do. That's actually the second project we've done for them. We did the first one, I think, uh, 2015 or something like that, 2015, 2016. Um, and then this other one we just did last summer. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, how did this whole venture really start? What what made it get into the gear that it's currently in? Because like, uh, I I seem to remember uh, just a few years ago, 
um, you and I were sitting in a, a small group and we we're both kind of in the same boat, like, God, nobody will hire us. Um, this is, this kind of sucks. And then for me, it, it just like, cause I've been following your work since, since then. And, um, it's grown exponentially. And, um, I've been wondering like what, uh, what's, what's been the journey so far, like from the beginning to where you are now? Yeah. So I think with, like with everything, it's a lot of factors. Um, maybe I'll start with the simplest thing for me. And, and this is, you know, I don't want to put this out there as some kind of like always like universal because everyone deals with their own unique challenges and, and things. But for me, my experience has been in the broadest terms, um, just a, a continual pushing in the same direction um, and also a willingness to learn. And so I think if you have both of those, you're kind of have both sides of the um, equation there. I think if you are only totally bullheaded and keep pushing in the same direction and not able to learn, sometimes you could just be pushing up against a brick wall. Um, mm. On the other side of things, if you're just too, um, you're willing to learn, but you don't continue working in kind of the same general goal and direction, um, then I think sometimes even though you learn a lot, you tend to change directions a lot and, 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 and you kind of grow uh, sideways sometimes instead of in a certain, like in one direction. Um, and so that's like, at, like the broadest way um, in more specific terms. Um, and I want to say like, I'm still constantly stressed out by uh, <laughs> whether or not we have work coming up or I just um, recently a potential client um, just misunderstood a, 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 a quote that I sent them and I thought we had a certain size job, like a, a healthy size job. And, and I was feeling really confident and comfortable about this next month. And, and I was, I was really happy. And then they got back to me and they're like, Oh, sorry, I, we, we actually want to do less than half of what we said we were going to do. Um, and, uh, and so that just sent me into this big stress thing and stuff. So like not to, uh, so I just want to put it out there. That's not like, I'm at this place where I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm riding comfortable. Like, you're, and like you've arrived. You're yeah, not, no, you know. I mean, in, certainly we've hit certain benchmarks. Yeah. Um, and I think those, like, we're really stoked and proud of those. But at the same time, like, it's not like I don't feel like I've gotten to this like plane of work where I'm just coasting or like I'm just super like, like oh yeah, like this is exactly where I want to be because I'm constantly like concerned about having enough, still enough work or like sometimes it's too much, but then, you know, you have the other thing of like, um, are you going to, you know, ruin a project for a big client? And, you know, cause there's so many variables and there's so many places that if, if you make one mistake in one area, it could kind of botch the whole project. Um, so not to get too far off topic there, but, um, I just, I just, want to put that caveat in there. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the growth was, um, I think a big thing, obviously you have to have all the foundational stuff there. Just, uh, 
you have to know your craft. Um, you have to have, you know, you have to have a certain amount of skill and, and all that stuff. But I've been doing this since I was like 12 years old. So, and, and that doesn't mean that I can't continue to grow and, and get better, certainly. Um, but uh, I think that my, my, my level of ability has been pretty much there for, for a while. Um, but the, um, but it was basically the opportunity to expose yourself to your ideal customer was huge. Um, and so I think one of, I don't know if it was the Avalon project that kind of kicked it off or if it was the, um, if it was the Grand Junction Economic Partnership project. Um, but both of those were pretty um, instrumental in exposing me to the correct groups of people. And gatekeepers um, that were in the industries that were kind of at the sweet spot, you know, um, it's tough getting new clients, um, because in my experience, um, because the ones that are, you know, easy, it's the ones that are easy to get. There's a reason that someone's not already working for them, you know? Um, and so the ones, the good ones usually have good relationships with people already. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I felt like I was in this place where, um, we, 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 responded to an RFP from um, Grand Junction Economic Partnership. And we really went all out on the proposal. We did a bunch of research. We spent a ton of time. And this is something we still do is we spend too much time <laughs> um, working on these projects. But uh, that's something that I'm, I'm trying to learn. But um, yeah, we spent a lot of time on the proposal. We interviewed people before we even had the job. Like, I don't know how much time we spent, both Tim and I spent um, working on this proposal. And they were really stoked with the depth of development that we had um, and, and the amount of time that we had put in ahead of time. And so they gave us the job. And then, you know, we worked as hard as we could to deliver on that um, by doing, you know, we did... We tried to spend a lot of time scouting out locations that were really aesthetic and like, um, and, and this project was um, kind of to recruit tech uh, professionals to the Grand Valley. Um, so finding ways to make the Grand Valley look great um, in, in various ways and uh, trying to do some, some unique things. We, um, for the first opening scene, um, we took a, uh, a company that does VR games and we uh, took them out to the desert and projected their game onto um, a boulder. Um, if you guys know where dynamite shacks is. Um, and so there's this huge boulder and we put the guy playing the game right in front of the projection of him um, of the game in front of this boulder. And so we wanted to take this like connect technology in people's minds with the desert landscape that was grand junction um, and, and I'm still like pretty proud of like that idea. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's not like you get one good idea and then they're all good ideas. It's like, you right. know, sometimes you like, you can still look back and be like, oh man, like that was a good idea. Or like, there's like, 
you know, three or four ideas in the past couple of years have been like, those were really good. And the other ones were, were good, but the, those were great, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think they were really happy with that and they were impressed with the, um, I mean, it was just a big effort to do that. Um, and, and we really went all out and, uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's word of mouth, you know, I think largely for us, the growth has been word of mouth, um, with the, with the right people and, and relationships and things like that. And I'm still, I've got still got so much to learn about, um, marketing and, and yeah, different methods for that. But that's been big. And then also just trying to come like, you know, establishing your main market is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, figuring out if they're a good fit for you, if there's a niche that you're filling, you know, et cetera. Um, and then figuring out how to come at that in different directions or like be, um, exposed to that market in different ways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so that doesn't mean just like cold calling the companies or whatever that means, you know, maybe being involved with, uh, the, you know, so say, so say I want to work in the mountain bike industry since I know that pretty well here. Um, that doesn't just mean pitching mountain racing products. Um, they make suspension components and yeah, all that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it means more than just pitching them on ideas or or whatever. That means, um, you know, involving myself with Cotmobile, uh, which is the trail organization. That means going out for volunteer dig days. That means, you know, maybe as a company um, sponsoring something or, you know. So there's multiple areas that your company is involved in that industry. And people can see that you're invested in that industry and you're... Um, you share some of their goals. And I think that that was big. So not only do they see you multiple times um, in different areas, but they also, I think that's a way to convince them that you're invested and you're um, with them. And, and also you understand the industry, which um, is one of the challenges I think of being in advertising, which is essentially, you know, what this is, is like trying to understand the broad uh, amount of industries that you're, you know, trying to work for. Um, and so, and all that, the only reason I know all this is because I tried to be intentional about learning from people that were smarter than me. Um, and like I, you know, that, that, this whole concept, you know, I have to credit to Seth Schaefer who owns Hopticopter. Um, and, uh, he was, you know, he's a really busy guy, but he was generous enough to give me some time, some time and talk to me about some of this stuff. And, um, you know, I try to put it into practice and I think like, that's been, you know, that's just been a big thing is just trying to listen to people and like never stop learning. And like, even in my free time, you know, I'm like continue listening to, um, you know, writing podcasts about writing or storytelling or like cinematography or audio or like, you know, trying to put my downtime to good use. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, you need to have actual downtime for sure. Um, and that's something I'm trying to learn too, is like how to like manage, um, having actual free time and like pushing towards your goal. But, um, True. yeah, I don't know. I just rambled on for a really long hey, time. I don't know if that answers cool. your question. But. No, it, <laughs> what, what, what I got out of that is, uh, 
you need to have a lot of determination um, and allow yourself to say, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes and just do it anyway. Some, and, uh, uh, and just be willing to learn. And that's, that's what I got out of, out of that. Um, it sounds, it, it, it sounds like a, like a lot of, a lot of work. Um, but it sounds, uh, like good work. Um, so, but like any, like any sort of like self-starting venture there, there's a, like for me, like when I've, I've tried doing my own things before, like I, um, but then like when, if I don't see a result, I'm like, oh God, this sucks. I suck. What do I do? You know? And so like (laughs) you're nodding your head, like, yeah, I know what that, I know what that means. Um, so when, when you've gotten into headspaces like that, what, what do you do to help get yourself out of that and just keep moving? That's a really good question. And that's something, yeah, I was nodding and that's, I mean, that's really close to home. Um, I think in some ways I do this to, um, address some of my struggles in those areas. And I don't know if this is too personal, but like, um, as deep as you want, (laughs) I think sometimes because I have those feelings of like inadequacy or whatever, I pursue, you know, I take on these pursuits to try to compensate for that. Um, and so, you know, it's a great high when I receive validation with that. Um, but you take a couple losses, as everyone does. It doesn't matter how good you are, you know. And and those that can, they may not be ultimate losses, or the project may not have totally gone poorly. But um, you know, maybe just one element. And and if you are always aiming high, <laughs> it's easy to fail, even if you haven't failed by the customers standards um so yeah what do i do to be completely honest sometimes i don't do enough sometimes it's easy to be just believe it you know and to just be like yeah i suck you know like i shouldn't even be doing this i shouldn't like no one should ever trust me with projects ever again you know i i have those feelings a lot um because you know they're already there they're already there and when one little thing goes wrong it's like oh yeah like that's confirmation um the things that i mean the things that i do i mean certainly a lot of it is uh you know an internal dialogue that you have with yourself and doing that is not, uh, and, and confirming those things in your head is not good. You know, telling yourself, yeah, you suck. Like, obviously that's not helpful. Um, so I think certainly to have the ability to say, no, like I have skills. I like, and going back to those wins that you have had, is definitely helpful. 
um, and being like, no, like this was something that that's proof, you know, that something I did was good or something, you know, worked out well or, you know, um, I think that's something that's helpful to me. Um, I think sometimes you get tired, like for different kinds of personalities and different bents and everyone's different. But for me, it's not the knowledge that I should have positive self-talk. It's the stamina (laughs) to be like, like, I know I shouldn't be down on myself, but I'm tired of trying to not be, (laughs) you know, I heard that. (laughs) And so like, I think the, the real question for me is how do I build that stamina Mm. to like every day, you know, and, and when it goes poorly and like when it, like when you have a couple things in a row that have just been like not optimal um, to keep being like, you know what? It's okay. Like either a, it's not as bad as it seems or B there's going to be a tomorrow Mm -hmm. and we can like, I definitely have this mentality that I can't take a loss. Like if I take, if I have one single loss, then like it's, it's like something you almost can't come back from. I, I, I was invited to do a, a talk at a, a conference a couple months ago, like this marketing conference. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I certainly prepared for it and everything. And I, I, I wrote notes for myself and things. And, um, and I haven't done a lot of this kind of thing before. And I got up there and I, I felt like I started really strong. And then just, I started getting in my own head and yeah. it just went pretty poorly. Like, Actually, I had someone come out up to me afterwards and was like, it's like, um, she was like, that was, that was great. Like, obviously you have a lot of abilities, <laughs> like knowledge in this area. Um, but I believe in constructive criticism. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> where's this going? She's like, um, but you said, um, like seven times per minute. And she's like, I think you could be a really good representative for your company if you just have a little more confidence <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I mean, and I like, honestly, that was a kind of a cool thing that she did because most people would just like give me a bad review and never talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was kind of a funny thing. So I, I guess I just say that to say like, it's hard to look at that and not be like, oh man, like, I don't know, just, you know, for that to just confirm the bias that's already in your head. And you just be like, oh man, like everything about me is terrible, <laughs> you know, and not yeah. everyone can relate to that sentiment. Some people just, I think they don't have, it's like a car, you know, in my head, it's like, it's like a car that's out of alignment, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, and some people, their car tracks a little straighter naturally, I think. Um, but my car just, you know, really wants to drift off to the <laughs> side of the road. <laughs> and so I have to like work pretty hard, um, you know, to keep it in line, I think. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm honestly still learning how to have that kind of stamina and that kind of like, um, thing. And certainly I think, you know, the, the standards of like having people encourage you and, and things around you is helpful, but sometimes like you just, it doesn't matter how much the, the people that are close to you tell you you're good. Like you don't necessarily believe that or like, 
you know you should believe them right but like and whenever i hear things from people that like that are closest to me and they're like oh no you're good you're good you're great and i'm like yeah but you're supposed to say that yeah like you're you're my best friend or you're my mom or you're my, you're yeah. my dad you're my yeah. brother yeah. like if i hear it from a complete stranger then to me that's more validation that they're, they're like hey you're so-and-so aren't you and it's like yeah. i saw your piece or your work i'm like what what you know you all all right you know and just kind of like sort of incredulous like people actually notice the work and and stuff like that but um so more more about your work um what what's the what's the process like so you meet with someone uh with a client um and do you like throw together a pitch or a storyline? Would they do they tell you what they want and you go off of that, or do you just come up with something for them? Yeah. Um, so usually, because for a couple reasons, I I like to meet with them. Like you know, they'll send me an, an initial request. Um, you know, through my website or whatever. Hey, like we'd like uh, this project done or you were referred to us by someone or whatever. So usually the first thing I like to do is have a meeting with them. First of all, I think it shows them that I value their project a lot. Um, And I also think that, um, you know, having that personal connection with someone means a lot and that um, also they've already spent effort. They've, they've, started already started to take steps in my direction by scheduling a time and going out and meeting with me. And I think that already starts momentum going in that direction. Um, and then, um, I sit down with them and and the main things that I usually get from them are like, I I like to call it like the bones of the project. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, what are the important things that I need from you? Like, okay, who's your audience? Um, what's the purpose of this video? Um, you know, do you have time constraints? Where is this going to be distributed? Um, what are your, you know, what's your timeline for production that kind of thing. Um, and so generally when I'm working on a concept, obviously I need to know what the product is or what the service is or whatever. Um, but, but the biggest things are, do I understand the audience and their buttons and like the things that they really value? And do I understand how this product or service um, fulfill helps them towards those goals or, or whatever. How does it fulfill a need for them? Which you know, just basic, like business stuff. Um, but those are things that I can't conjure, you know, at home. You know, when I'm working on this concept, um, those are things that I need to get from them. So I try to, you know, understand their audience, get their demographics, and you know, we're talking about psychographics now and all that kind of stuff. Psychographics. Um, psychographics. So demographics would be like age, you know, um, you know, salary kind of, you know, thing, but psychographics is more like, um, what kind of emotional thing, like, what do they care about? What, like, um, you know, uh, it's like, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Well, I'm, but, it's funny you, you say that cause I, I've recently discovered, um, the, it's a horrible show, but I've been watching Mad Men, mm-hmm. and uh, Donald Draper, the main character, has this has this uh, sort of monologue. That he says that uh, advertising is nostalgia. 
it it brings uh, up basically what you're saying. Like good advertising brings up like emotion and it lets you know that you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot like personally, I think there's a lot of emotions that you can play on some for the good or some for the, the worst, you know, some for the better, some for the worse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think like, you know, most of us look for logical reasons to do what we want to do. And so when we structure a video, we try to hit both of those. So we lead out with an emotional, uh, uh, an emotional call or an emotional pitch. And then we support that with logic or like a substantial, you know, something substantial. Um, so we want to kind of grab your heartstrings in the, the beginning and then we're like, but we don't want you to forget it. We don't want you to be like, Oh, that was a nice fluffy piece. But what was that for? Or like that was, you know, in the end, like I think the, Logic or the the foundational the the concrete stuff is what gives it like staying power and helps you actually gives you that final nudge to be like actually that's a really good idea like why didn't you know why haven't we done this before or like whatever so I guess yeah so that's kind of the process so you know they contact us initially hmm. I sit down talk with them get kind of the bones of what the project is and then I kind of excuse me <laughs> <laughs> I kind of you know, put flesh on those bones and, um, you know, arrange it in a way that's, you know, aesthetic and in a way that kind of, um, encourages, uh, encourages action, you know, engagement, all those buzzwords or whatever. Hmm. So that, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to get into like my, you know, process of coming up with ideas. I would love to hear it. (laughs) Um, so, you know, Usually I take those things and um, I find that like having those in some ways, having more constraints, I think is more helpful um, because it's so easy when you're first starting down the road of trying to come up with a concept is like, it's like you're in the middle of the desert and you could go any direction, you know, um, and you really have no idea which way is is the right way, but it's really helpful to be like, okay, so you know your customers are, uh, you know, uh, blue collar families, um, or they're like, you know, they're like young uh, entrepreneurs, like uh, or like they're young. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, no, uh, was it tech nomads? No, it's uh, what's that term anyway? So yeah, we had those different ones. And so I start like, okay, what do those people care about? Like, how is this fulfilling a need for them? How can I like show that in a visual way that's engaging? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and oftentimes it involves watching a lot of things. Um, I, I find that I'm very like, and I mean, everything's a remix, right? Like that's what, that's what we do is we just take elements from our lives or our own past or, you know, the things that we see and put the, try to put them together in a unique way. Um, but I think uh, it really, it's helpful for me to watch things that inspire me um, stylistically. And that can kind of like prime the pump a little bit and like, 
okay, okay, now we're going. You know, sometimes I think the the hardest, I think there's two hard parts, like two of the hardest parts in, in coming up with a concept. The first is like that initial concept, basically. Um, that's like, okay, what is this generally going to be about? Like, how is this going to work? Um, and then, and then it's once you have that idea, um, testing it (laughs) and like, does this fit all the criteria? Um, what's going to go wrong? Can we practically do this? Do you want me to stop? No, you're good. Okay. Um, you know, does this actually, you know, there's so many concepts that I've come up with that are like, they hit all but one of the check marks or whatever. And on like, and that's a deal breaker. And it's like, that's tough, you know, um, because you're like, oh, this would be so cool if we could do this. But, but, you know, like we don't live in the Pacific Northwest or like, you know, we do, right. or like, it's gonna, you know, it, it's gonna be really awesome, but we really need to see the product from this angle or I don't know, whatever. Um, and so I think those are the two hard parts. It's like, first of all, coming up with one. And then second is like, have you tested it hard enough so that when you actually go to like execute it, you're not like, oh man, we didn't think about this. This is dumb. This isn't going to work. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, my creative process is honestly a lot of, you know, watching things. Um, sometimes I will, if, if I know that I don't know the target demographic very well, sometimes I'll try to read things or like learn more about them and like immerse myself a little bit more in yeah. their world. Um, and that's, you know, that's an ideal scenario, especially for projects that are more, um, you know, that warrant a little more time. Um, not all projects I can do that with, but um, yeah, trying to understand them a little better. And then, you know, I don't know that there's, it's, I, I read, uh, I watched, uh, something a while ago and basically on, I watched something a while ago about inspiration and basically what he was saying was you just gotta like, like absorb all the correct elements ingredients and just give it time to arrange itself or maybe that's you have to arrange it but give it time to kind of like um kind of soak and marinate yeah Yeah. exactly that's the word i was looking for and like and and i think that's something that's really helpful um if you are able to do it if you're able to have time and not stress too much about the time, um, which isn't always the case, but if you can just absorb what the audience cares about and how the product relates to that, you know, and those are the main two like pillars, you know, that you kind of have to build everything off of, I think. Um, depending, okay, granted, depending on what the purpose is, if it's, you know, maybe if you're, if you're, Geico or a huge company that everyone already knows, then maybe that's something different for, for most of my audiences or most of my companies. That's how it is. But yeah, you, you kind of like take those two things and you marinate them and you just let them sit and you keep, you keep absorbing the new information. And it's, it's like, it's like those things where you, it looks one way from one angle, but it looks totally different from another. And I think you just keep turning it around 
in your head until you find an angle that like fits and, and looks good. And like, I don't, I don't even have like any fancy way of doing it. Usually it just involves like me sitting in my chair, like writing down ideas and like, you know, writing I think is really helpful, like getting it down on paper. Cause if it's in your head, it's like in the ocean and it can just get washed away and then it's gone forever again. So like having it down on paper, is like concrete and then you can like build off of it or whatever. And then it's like, it's like you put a pin in it, you know, and then it's there and then you can circle around to it or, or scratch it out if you want to or whatever. But, um, I think that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, just like sitting there or like laying on the floor or <laughs> like pacing around, or, you know, whatever the things creative people do when they're, you know, like trying to come up with ideas. Um, well, people usually do that with coffee, but you don't like coffee. So what do you, <laughs> what do you drink to, to do that? I'm a horrible snacker. <laughs> so I, uh, my wife buys me uh, kettle corn, popcorn. <laughs> And, uh, All right. yeah, definitely like try I to limit it. myself to one bag a day, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm, I'm into the popcorn for it. sure, I dig it. <laughs> but, uh, so it's gotten like, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just like, just don't buy me snacks because then I won't have to have self-control and not eat all of them. But yeah. <laughs> Have you ever wondered about the history of ballpoint pens? I mean, really, how the heck do they work? Well, you can learn all about them and a ton of other things on the show, Stuff You Should Know. In each episode, the hosts, Chuck and Josh, bring you an immersive discussion on various topics that'll have you walking away saying, huh, I just learned a new thing. So go and listen and let them know who sent you. All right. Back to the interview. All right. Um, so, how old were you? Were you specifically when you were just like, "Hey, this is like something that I think I I want to do when I grow up." I was pretty young. Um, probably around ten years old. Um. I think somebody told me when I was young something about like not following through with things or like, cause I had a lot of ideas of stuff that I thought would be cool. And then I was a kid. So like, yeah. you know, they were always harder to do than I thought. Uh, and I think, so at some point I was like, no, I'm sticking with this. Um, and my brother um, had, you know, a nineties video camera that I was just incredibly fascinated by. Um, and, uh, I definitely, I don't know how old I was when I did my first like video. I was, I was, I was probably younger than 10. I don't know. I was really young. And, uh, I wrote the script and I had my family, I like involved my whole family, some of which knew, some of whom knew they were involved and some didn't. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that was kind of my first, like, that was my first thing. And then I, there was something that I was just like, no, I have to do this. Like I can't do anything else. I mean, naturally I, I have done, you know, other jobs. Um, but this has to be like my ultimate goal. That's cool, man. I just, I, I kind of, I think we all kind of go through phases where we're 
like, yeah, you know, this would be fun. I'll give it a try. It's like, eh, it's all right. It's not, it's no fun. It's like when, when, when I was growing up, I kind of had a, a phase. I was like, yeah, I want to make, make videos for, for the rest of my life. And because if the guys on Jackass can do it, then I can do it too. And, yeah. and, but I don't know, I don't know if you, if you re- ever watched it, but there is a, a show that, that I loved when, um, I was about that age. It's called the Brendan Leonard show. And it was on, it used to be ABC family. Okay. Um, but this kid and his friends just got together and did random crap and they had sketches and I was like, I grabbed my friends and so we started doing stuff like that and it's just like a phase, but it is a fun phase, but I, I, I think it's cool that you kind of stuck, it sounds like you stuck through the, the initial phase part and was just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and, and chase after it and keep going after it. And you've gotten to where you are, which is not to say, as you said earlier, that you've arrived. Because um, I don't think any of us can truly get there as uh, as people, but especially as creative people. Um, when Whenever I do do a uh, art, um, like specifically drawing or, um, I might write sometimes. Um, and especially with podcasts, like I have to go back and listen to this and I hate the sound of my voice. I absolutely abhor it. Um, but I have to, I have to sit there and, uh, I have to, I have to look for things to improve on and, and stuff like that. And things with, with, uh, with, um, and in the creative realm of things, it's never truly finished, you know? Right. Um, And so I think, uh, I I also think it's really cool. You had somebody, um, it can, can I ask who, do you remember who told you that? Like if you like follow through, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely one of my older brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, and they, you know, they were, they're both quite a bit older. They're like, um, what is it? Uh, 14 and 16 years older than me. Um, so yeah. All right. So you're the baby. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, but you going, that seems to, to me to be sort of like a catalyst of your story. Yeah. Would you say that's that's true or that's a small part of it or Yeah, I think Yeah, I think I mean, there's a lot of elements for sure, but that was I think one of the first things that I that that kind of made me be like, no, like I think I think it was I was I was even younger and we had this typewriter and pe- like we had like computers were around. I don't know why we had a typewriter, but um, and I was writing this play. Oh snap! And I don't even know what it was about. Like I, but I was like, I'm gonna do it. You know, like I'm gonna write this play. And I wish I could. I wish I could find that script or that like <laughs> script now. Um, I'm sure it's completely ridiculous. But I was like, I'm gonna do this big thing. And I always had, you know, I just had a lot of ideas. I was like, yeah. I, 
Same. Um, to sell things or like to like make these things and sell them or like oh, I don't know. And um yeah, and 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 I think like as I was talking to one of them about it, or it, this is very vague in my mind, but like as I was talking to one of them about it, they were like, Yeah, that's great, but like, you know, this is kind of something that you do. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. That's true. I don't I don't <laughs> want to be like that. So <laughs> I think I don't know. I think like somehow I took that to heart and and that combined with like yeah, I think just yeah, when like I don't know, maybe that was the the main thing. Huh. <laughs> well, I th- I think uh I think it, it it's cool it's just cool that you had somebody that was able to point point it out to you, but like so um you, I'd say you d- you d- you've definitely stuck it out and and uh done what you what you like doing um and but i think one of the coolest things that i've seen out of your work so far um i haven't actually seen the movie or the video yet but um i would like like to someday but uh you got you guys uh you and your your work partner tim got into a, a film festival um can you tell me what what that was like and what uh what got what got got you guys there? Yeah, so I'll try to keep it <clears throat> relatively brief. We are working on a, a Grand Valley mountain bike documentary, um, sort of feature length, forty minutes, something like that. And in the process of that, um, we were trying to gain support for spot from sponsors, and so we thought, well, to do that, we're gonna make a short. We called it a demo film. Mm-hmm to kind of display our abilities and to get people excited and show the broad kinds of riding we have here and all that good stuff. And so we made it and that took, it was its own project in its own right. And um, so we kind of called that choices because it's about a dad um, trying to decide where to ride in the grand Valley and his son's like wants to ride with him. Um, In the end uh, he chooses spoiler alert. He chooses to ride with his son like anything else could have possibly happened. But um, so we made that and then uh, basically at some point um, I, I wanted to have kind of a, you know, like a dry run with film festivals to just see how the whole process worked and everything like that before we submitted our big film. And so we, I submitted that um, to the Banff Mountain Film Festival, which is, um, to my understanding, the largest, most prestigious mountain film festival in the world. Um, still smaller than like Sundance or Cannes or, you know, um, those, uh, but, but pretty legit on the, on the outdoor rec, you know, mountain side of things. Um, and so we submitted it to that, um, didn't hear anything for a couple months and then they emailed me and said, Hey, like you're one of the finalists. Um, so the cool thing is we get to be shown, um, in Banff in front of, you know, that, that, that's our target, you know, that's one of our target audiences you know is um is international outdoor rec companies um and so that was really awesome to us also obviously we're big fans of the grand valley and we're really excited to be able to show that off to an international audience and that really has as far as i know never been done um not not in that way um, so we were like, I mean that was that was a huge thing going back to like the whole like validation thing and stuff like that was getting that email 
was felt like a huge like life moment for me. Like I, I definitely shed a tear because it was such like an impactful moment and so much validation because I've been going to see Banff for a while. And, and like, I've, you know, it's, you know, some people, if you don't know about Banff, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but if it's already a place where you've seen films, you've been inspired by, and it already has a lot of clout um, for you, um, having those people tell you that your film's worth showing in front of a bunch of people um, is like a huge thing. And so um, that was super, super exciting. Um, and they're a great team. And I don't say that just to like butter them up. Like I felt like we had a really good experience. They weren't able to pay for our flight, but they um, put us up in a hotel there. So they put all the finalists up in hotels, um, which has to cost quite a bit. Um, and um, when we were there, some of the team like, and they have a fairly big team. And some of the team was like, oh, like that was like, they remembered us and they remembered like, like we were working on a bigger project and, and everything. And like, um, it was really, I mean, it's gorgeous. Like if you've seen photos of Banff, um, it's, it's a pretty beautiful place. Um, it's, it's like, if you imagine the maroon bells with the kind of lateral, um, you know, lines, um, in those mountains, those, those layers and everything, and just, you know, surround a town with a river running through it with those mountains. Um, that's kind of what it's like. It's just really beautiful. Um, it is during shoulder season, which is why they have it then. They're trying to kind of increase tourism during the shoulder season. Um, so it's kind of a little muddy, kind of a little cold, but not cool enough to ski kind of thing. Um, but it's still, it's still really awesome. Um, I went in with, you know, I wanted to have a lot of plans um, to like network with people and everything. And uh, it's tough, like, you know, if you've ever been to a conference or any any place where people have built up a lot of time and like clicks and groups and and I don't that's not all negative that's just how it goes um it's kind of tough to just walk walk in there and just like you know and especially for Tim and I who like that's not necessarily our strong point it's just like walking up to people cold and introducing yourself and like um making those connections so so um yeah so that was that was definitely a challenge um but it was pretty special uh, to, to have it shown there. Um, and uh, we did get to meet a couple of cool people. It's funny, you mentioned the Brendan Leonard show. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, one of uh, a writer that I've been following for a long time, his name is Brendan Leonard. He writes this, this uh, what is it? He writes this blog called semirad.com. And he had a film in there also. And so I got to meet him, um, in a, like a super awkward way, of course. Um, but that was, that was cool. Um, and, uh, we, uh, got another guy named Tommy Caldwell who's a climber. Um, like they have a section for the filmmakers, which is cool. Cause that like allows us to all mingle and talk and network and things. And, uh, he came in and sat behind us and we got to meet him, which was really neat. Um, and, and so that was, that was a really cool experience. And then on our flight home, we got another email from them saying they'd like to take it on the world tour, which in some ways is almost a bigger deal. Um, it's, uh, it's 400 locations, 50 countries. Um, and it was, that was, that was another huge like moment for us. And, and then it came through Grand Junction a couple months ago and, um, you know, a bunch of our friends came out and cheered it on and stuff. And, and yeah, that wow. whole experience was 
like hugely validating and, and really exciting, but it, it had a strange effect on me um, in that, like it's, it's, um, should I keep yeah, going? Keep okay. Going. Uh, it had a strange effect on me in that it's easy to feel like you'll never do anything like that again. Right. Um, strangely seem to be able to find some way to feel negatively about even those most positive things. <laughs> and so like, yeah, you're like, Oh man, like that was the peak, like 2018. That was, that was the year. Like light bulb media was at its coolest and you're never going to get that back, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so that's not actually something that I'm dealing with right now is just like, no, like it doesn't have to be that way. Like we've just started, you know, now we have the leverage of being in that film festival. We can use that in future pitches. We're talking with companies right now on a project that we're working on in the future, uh, about, um, a dad who backcountry snowboards and how he balances the risk and reward of those things. And we're talking with, with bigger companies now, um, and we have more leverage with them and they, they, you know, we have more clout because we've been in this film festival. Um, and so that's not, <laughs> that's not true. You know, that's a, you know, I mean, it's, it, there's a, there's a chance of that happening, but I can't live under that, you know, assumption. Yeah. It's an assumption. And it's a, it's kind of a fear too, if you allow totally. it to be. Um, but well, uh, Dude, um, I think we've we've been sitting here for a little over an hour now. Um, uh, I can't appreciate uh, it enough that you took some time to come in and uh, just kind of indulge me in this project that I'm doing. Um, it's kind of for myself, but also kind of kind of for for other people but the people that 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 I interview too like I want to help tell people stories and and get their stories out but um I really appreciate you coming in if you uh, if uh you think you could um just like have any like words of wisdom to that you could give to anybody that's out there listening all 10 of them uh like create like creative people specifically or anybody that just wants to do something but is just kind of uh like you know i want to but eh, maybe not yeah i think honestly i think just going back to those two things um initially um you know i i i have a hard time you know being like you should definitely follow your dreams because there's so many stories out there and maybe I don't know like maybe sometimes maybe people should find another dream <laughs> I don't know that's what anyway that's another thing sorry um totally right though <laughs> yeah I mean I just don't want to put it out there like you should yeah. always follow your heart because that's I think that's that's Foolish. a very broad like sloppy way that sounds really good but isn't necessarily appropriate anyway that's another thing. But um, I, I think just going back to like, if you decide to work in a certain direction and it, it, and it, it's in line with your goals in life, 
that you've chosen intentionally. Um, number one, like, yeah, we'll say like, just keep at it, you know, stick with it and, um, you know, have, you know, have faith and, and be willing to fail. And, um, it's cause it's going to happen. And number two, just as important, maybe more important than not giving up is be a, like aggressive about learning and about uncovering your weaknesses mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of your weaknesses. Um, because as soon like, yes, they can hurt you, but once you've identified them, then you can address them and then hopefully you can grow beyond that. Um, so, so yeah, keep at it and have an, an open heart and an open mind and keep learning. Solid, solid. Well, thanks, Caleb. Yeah. The one request, though, I have one request. If I know I've said this to you before, I think it was over Facebook, though, a while ago. If I ever get married, I want you guys to shoot my wedding. Done. Deal. Creators Cast is written and produced by Ross Holcomb. Sound editing and theme music by Skylar Freeling. If you're interested in learning more about Caleb's work, go and check out lightbulbmedia.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow the Creators Cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and extra tidbits. And while you're there, let us know what you thought about this episode. And if you can spare a few more moments, subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use and leave a five-star review to help others find the show. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. See you then.